Alrighty, Creedcast, here we go. David, your host here. A massive game coming up this weekend. This is part one of our preliminary final uh, preview. Uh, this was recorded last night, Wednesday nights, with Jamie, friend of the pod, friend of the Creed, uh, great bloke. Massive Port fan as well, and he has his own podcast, Power from Port. Uh, search it on the, I listen to it on Spotify. It does a really good job of previewing and break, uh, of reviewing and breaking down all aspects of Port games, and he's certainly doing a good job of those. So, But I was uh, really glad to have him on uh, the Creedcast and just chat about this weekend's game and kind of Port in general, just uh, how we're feeling, what we're thinking about the side, the, 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 the different things that have given us confidence about why we think this weekend can go really well for us and continue our season to the last Saturday in September. Uh, but yeah, there's certainly a lot of work to do. So, and there's a lot of knocking on wood, as is my mo in the podcast. But uh, all things going well, we believe there's a really good shot and a really good moment um, building for Port Adelaide at the, at this very in the next couple of weeks, really. So, uh, yeah, get around it. Uh, yeah, like I said, James' podcast, Power from Port, and get around uh, that as well as the Creedcast. Um, just fill up your Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever playlist with just a shitload of Port content would be awesome. Um, so yeah, let's get into it in a second uh, with Jamie. But uh, uh, yeah, this was recorded last night, Wednesday night. This is Thursday night now. I'm about to. This is part one, so I'll do a part two preview, which will be a shorter podcast. But it's uh, more of that. That'll be just be looking at how the sides that were announced the last couple in the couple of hours ago, of how we're lining up for the game and all that stuff. So that'll be coming. That'll be in the Spotify feeds or Apple podcast feeds or whatever wherever you get your podcast at the same roughly about the same time as this one. But this one is part one. Just general chat with Jamie about everything as uh, we're looking forward to with this game this weekend. Um, so, yeah, get around it. One more thing. A store, I've, I've uh, you know, you would have seen me uh, pushing the badges that we've uh, released in the last couple of weeks. Uh, there's a prelim final pickup option in the shipping on the website. So if you, there's anything you want and you think you can get to home ground, um, between kind of probably 4.30 and 6 on Saturday night before the game is around when we'll probably be chilling out there. Um Click that option. That'll, that's a, basically, essentially, it's a free shipping option because it gives you the option of picking it up there, and that saves me, uh, obviously, doing the shipping label stuff. So that's why it's it's a good option if you think you want to pick up some stuff uh, from the store, but just pick it up um, in person. Um, but obviously, pay for the order online uh, and ch- choose that option, and then you can uh, pick it up. Uh, I'll be in contact with you about when we when we get there and uh, let you know that you can come pick it up. So that's how that'll work. So if you want to get around anything on the store and do Prelim Final Pickup, if you purchase both of the new badge packs as well and do Prelim Final Pickup, as well as getting a sticker sheet thrown in there, I'll throw a stubby holder in there for you as well. So a lot of, um, a bit of free stuff there if you do, you do that option. So um, yeah, anyway, I've talked long enough. Let's get into the pod with Jamie. Go Alrighty. Ahead. We've got Jamie Oliver on the podcast. Uh, should I have used your full name? Is that okay? It's Jamie Oliver. Yeah, it's a good it's a good icebreaker for most yeah. people. I, I used to work in sales, so it was definitely I pulled it out well when I needed to. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was it's only actually just as I said it, I was like, that's the same name as that other famous guy. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well like, I, I haven't um, even picked I've up on that been, when we've been chatting. So I've been funny. strategic with it. Uh, yeah when I started my pod and uh, just by calling myself Jamie yeah. and things like that. But then I, I tagged when I had my brother on to preview the Geelong game, I tagged him in my post and his name obviously popped up in full as Oliver. So yeah, yeah. just waiting for people to connect the dots and yeah. whatnot. Well, it's literally just happened on the podcast. So there you go. You're welcome to everyone out there. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah no. Thank you. for. I coming. can cook as well. That's usually the first question that comes up. Right. Too, so you can so. cook. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I know my way around a fry pan. 
That's good. Well, the best thing that's got we we got cooking um, to do a really bad segue is that we've got a preliminary final cooking this week. Um, and like a good slow-cooked meal, it's the nerves building up slowly throughout the week. It's like we're just um, yeah. tenderizing the meat and getting ready to go into a massive week uh, weekend um, of Port Adelaide footy. And I'm glad to have you on. Um, it's, it's funny how we kind of started chatting because we ran into each other literally almost in the uh, car park of the convention center. Yeah, um, convention center. And you kind of just stopped and went, wait, are you the Creed guy? <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering I was wondering if, yeah, you'd connected those dots um, without me having to remind you. Um, I did mention my name when, when we bumped into each other. Yeah, and yeah. It's probably, it's lucky that you uh, put up the selfies from when you and your, your partner go to the football I definitely wouldn't have recognized you walking past um yeah <laughs> and that was after a loss I think that might have been after the Melbourne game it was after the Melbourne game yeah it was um I was in it's it funny because it was actually really not because it was um I was obviously and I'm sure you were in a pretty shit mood after that game like pretty frustrating result yeah. but it was nice that you stopped Absolutely. and said oh, I appreciate the podcast because it was like that you know the good energies as well so you know, it's, yeah. it's good Port fans being good despite the results and all that stuff it's part of what makes the family great so Absolutely. And yeah. win or loss, I still like to absorb as much Port Adelaide content as I can. So, um, yeah. And what's good with your podcast and something that I've kind of utilized is a preview and a review just mm-hmm. to kind of keep um, putting content out there. Whether, you know, I mean, you would probably know looking at your stats, but uh, doing a preview like a day or two before the game probably nets less listeners and a review when all has been said and done and everyone can revel in the glory that have what has been the most part for port yeah um but just putting it out there just keeping it going and um getting everyone involved and giving everyone something else to listen to um it's definitely been my aim and something that i enjoyed with yours because there's a few other port adelaide podcasts out there as you would know and mm-hmm. um some uh, one a week, some are a little inconsistent, which is fair enough. We will do it yeah, like yeah. on a personal level. No one's getting paid or anything like that. And it's exactly. all a passion project for everyone in the Port Adelaide podcasting community. But mm. yeah. Yeah. And that's... um, Yeah. If we can think of them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like uh, the previews, especially some of those weeks where I've only gotten to it like the morning of the game. It's just yeah. like I just go fuck it. It's out there. If someone's you know doing some lawn mowing and during the afternoon before they, they you know they can listen to it and yeah and some of the big I've noticed interestingly some of the big results during the year sometimes some you notice some stats bump up of the preview because I think people go back and go oh now yeah, we've got the they'll win. go back now, yeah. now we've got the win I want to see what they said beforehand so it is yeah interesting hey, you're really held to account yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all out there yeah that's that's what that's what's fun and that's why I try to and I'm like I love like I've listened to you you recommended yours to me um when we started chatting a couple of weeks ago and I, and I really enjoy the kind of, you have a good structure to yours. Cause I, I flow all over the place cause it depends on what mood I'm in on the day. Sometimes you've yeah, got a really good yeah. structure to how do you, how you do yours, which is great as well. But it's, um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just, you put it out there and you don't get paid or whatever, but it's, it's passion. And, uh, you know, like you said, when you, we ran into each other at the convention center, it's just, you know, you ex- absorb and want to chat about port as much as possible, particularly at the moment. It's, it's wonderful going into preliminary final. Yeah. In September, talking about it still. So, um, yeah, it's hump day today. It's Wednesday. We're uh, three sleep, the three yeah. sleeps where Ryan Burton sleeps away from the, the preliminary final. I asked, yeah. I asked you off air before we started recording how you're feeling. You're saying that it's not quite 
not quite hitting yet, but I feel like it's it's just about to because once we start talking about oh, it, it probably, it probably won't help yeah. to start talking about it. But just um, a way to start before we get into talking about it a bit, just how what is your gut feeling um, going into this, this week? Because like, I know myself last year, I was probably a little bit, this time last year going into preliminary final, I was genuinely uh, nervous and unsure about our chances. And not, not to say I wasn't confident that we could get across the line against Richmond last year. Ultimately, we didn't. But it was Richmond. They're, they're, no. they're a dot, they were the team they were up until this year. Um, and yeah. you know, there was, and we, we just come up out of nowhere kind of last year. We knew the team that we had bubbling under the surface, but last year was a bit of a, a, you know, a surprise to go as well as we did last year. Um, but this year it feels... I've said to you in messages, it feels a little bit more like where there's there's some veterans, even in the younger guys, and that they got that year of experience last year and understand what finals are. And this year, I just, I I I'm scared of how confident I am right now. So I'm wondering, how, <laughs> yeah. I'm wondering how your gut is feeling at the moment. Just when you st- when you, when you immediately start thinking about the game, where are you sitting? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I've mentioned to you I, the nerves haven't kicked in as you mentioned, but I don't know. I, I yeah, I'm feeling a little bit confident and just trying to recount my thoughts from last season. Like you said, we had to come up against Richmond ultimately. And I was fairly confident because we do have a decent record against Richmond uh, over the last four or five years. Um, But then when the rain kicked in on the day, I kind of, that's when it kind of hit me that we might be a chance because I've said on my my podcast before, a type of football um, under Ken Hinckley. And yeah, I don't know, that kind of added to it last season where, yeah, uh, it gave them the best chance, although we were the best team all year. But mm. like you said as well, we kind of just, we went from obviously missing finals and then just really punched ourselves up the top of the ladder and we'd arrived and we were the most consistent team over the whole season, obviously number one from go to woe. But that finals experience may have been lacking a little bit and it may have felt like that premiership tilt came a bit quicker than we thought and we may not have been prepared for it uh and in the end like you said we we lost ultimately we had to go through the best team of the last four years and and they knew what they were doing we panicked a little bit and we didn't get there i guess the other thing was too that just a personal fear of mine uh below the surface was that last year we obviously had the shortened quarters and uh there was a lot of different pieces it was a very abnormal season 17 games obviously and one of my fears going to the line for us somehow like the stars aligned for us and uh it was last and obviously the 150th year um we were riding the wave of emotion with that and everything was kind of going to plan and and then going back to 20 minute quarters a full 22 game season like I had a fear that it wouldn't quite work out and we'd kind of revert back. And that was probably leftover distrust from, you know, 2014 being such a good year and then 2015 and 16 being so disappointing and going back up in 2017, finishing fifth and then coming back down again. So like we put in the work this year and we've faced a lot of adversity having like 15 in-season surgeries. But then finding... It's amazing. Like, and, you know, if we were to go all the way, it's going to be something that gets talked about for sure. It's Mm -hmm. kind of being overlooked a little bit by the broader football community. Um, 
but yeah, if we were to go all the way, that definitely get talked about. But yeah, we've just, like you said, like we've spoken about privately, both and Gray, they're kind of really pushing for it um, on and off the field. Another final series under all those mid to low term players, like our, our bottom six, our middle six. Um, yeah, it, it, everything just seems to be going in, in a nice trajectory. We're, we're coming into form at the right time of the year and they seem really switched on. Like, it, it, like I listened to Dan Houston's press conference and it's very measured, very like calcula- like calculated responses. They obviously get trained how to answer questions. Just some of the, yeah, some of the wording that they're using, some of the attitudes that they're displaying um, is something that I haven't personally seen from a Port Adelaide team in my kind of recent memory. Um, it's always been kind of a up and coming team that mm-hmm. may be overachieving, but isn't quite ready yet. And I just feel that we're ready to put it simply. I feel we're ready and we put in the work. We're in a great position and we're going in favourites in a home preliminary final, which we more than deserve to be. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And I think you you said it on your uh, review of the Geelong game, and I don't think I've said the name of it. It's the Power From Port podcast. I, I, I know, definitely know it's on Spotify because that's where I listen to it. Spotify is just my default yeah. one, so it's on there. So look that one up and you can hear Jamie doing his previews and reviews and he does a really good job of them. But um, you said how just how many guys are just finding form at the right time of the year? You know, I think you mentioned, yeah, and it was particularly when you're running through the defense and it was like, you know, talking about Aaliyah, but then Jonas, how um, he, at the start of the year, you mentioned how he's a bit like, not not like he's in, it's kind of like a lot of our players, when they're not quite yeah. in the best form, it's not like they're in bad form, it's just they're, they're indifferent, they're just not quite making the impact that you know they can, but Jonas has really come into his own um, later in the year and everyone... Robbie Grayson's coming back from injury, you mentioned as well. It's, 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 I, I'm <laughs> yeah. so surprised by how I was really worried yeah. when he went down, like if we were going to rush him back for finals and he was still going to be underdone. But he just looks like he's just had a. He just looks like he took a holiday for six weeks. He doesn't doesn't look like he's missed a beat. So it's such a absolutely yeah. It's a, it's amazing how many guys um, you know. Boke has just always been Boke, but he's he's gone up a level again um, as the finals have hit. Ollie Wine's just been a formal year, but. A lot of guys, yeah. uh, you know, Arazio saved one of his best performances of the year. It's, he's been in and out, but that, that qualifying final. Game. Yeah, amazing. And, you know, Aaliyah kind of started hot. He didn't go off the boil. He just he just went to a, no. just a, a normal, maybe human level, maybe. And then he's turned into the superhero uh, again in the later parts of the year. Parts of the year. And, and obviously the qualifying final speaks for itself for Aaliyah. So, so many guys. Yeah, just, it all clicked. Yeah, and yeah, you mentioned Dersmer, and you, um, you know, he's he's a guy that um, last year in that qualifying uh, preliminary final, I remember dropping that sitter of a mark in the oh, uh, in the pocket. Yeah. I, mean, some I of that. forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. And like I, I look um, at guy, and those are the little bits of experience I look at from last year that those guys are going to have. Bit in of their, a sliding doors moment that mark. Yes, um, yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, but knock on wood, we won't. Knock on wood. That yeah. I say that all the time on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know you do. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> just my thing. Um, but it's. I, I just look at all those moments and see the they've learned from that this year and have gone on. And, you know, this is the first time we've gone to yeah. back, back-to-back preliminary finals since, you know, the 02, 03, 04 times. Yeah. Ne- I don't yeah. think we've ever had exactly right. back-to-back preliminary finals at home because obviously those couple of, those first two years before the grand final win, we, uh, you know, didn't do the best job of the qualifying final and they had to go away no. from the prelims. So we haven't had a run like this before, actually, as a, as a club in the AFL. So... 
It's uh, and you know, it's unpre- you know, you mentioned Hinkley. Uh, you know, back in 2014, we we ta- we weren't expected to. We were expected to go on in 2015, and it was really disappointing. And that kind of carried on for a couple of years. But yeah, then we've gone on this this year. We've we've actually shown that maturity to look at getting to a preliminary final, and having a really good year, and going okay, let's do that again. And we've we've done it, and and to get to this point, and I think that's a that's a really positive thing to look at that this Port Adelaide team has that maturity and uh, and 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 have honed their skills really. Um, yeah, every player's yeah. kind of gone away and and looked at what they do and you know, guys like Boke who are fucking good players and don't really that's the measure of those kind of blokes is that they're they're elite yeah. at what they do and they still try, he never stops they still find a way to get better and that's and that's what yeah. that's what's led to this year being um hopefully a lot more to come but as good as it's been to this point is all these guys who are incredible at what they do um ollie wines has gone away in the off season and brought himself into brown lake yeah. attention all that kind of stuff is coming yeah. together and that's what fills me with this confidence that um, scares me to death at the same time. Yeah, you, yeah. yeah, you've got to, like Jared Waitley says, um, like in regards to the boomers push in the Olympics recently, you've got to, let, you've got to open your heart up and be re- ready to just be heartbroken. Mm-hmm. Um, you've just got to give yourself over to the sport. Yeah. Um, and that's, uh, I've, I'm, more, I'm definitely ready. I've even, um, I, I've booked tickets to Perth already, um, just as more of an organisational thing more than anything. But you know, um, yeah, I, I am. I'm more confident than I'm not confident. And like you said, it's a scary prospect uh, being this confident because you do leave yourself open to heartbreak. But um, who knows? Maybe we'll get proven right. Uh, David King said on Monday on SENZ that like two things are tight, close games and um, like definitely Hawthorne in their big time, they played close preliminary finals, but over the last five years, there's generally been blowouts um, the majority of the time. There has been close games, but I don't know. It's a bit of like, what what would you prefer? Uh, Would you prefer obviously the comfortability of a smashing in a prelim to get through or, or that gritty, that gritty win where you're primed to really not take it for granted once you get to the grand final. Yeah, I don't, it's it's funny because you look at um '04, we had that you know that St Kilda prelim is yeah. one of the best games. I watched I've I've watched that DVD with the wife just a couple of weeks ago again because she hadn't seen. Did it. you? Yeah, she hadn't seen it before, and I was like, you got to sit down. We'd had a few beers at they had a brewery, great, brewery day, great and, game of football. Yeah, I just sat there and said, you know, because I was there in the stands, I was like, oh, this is the angle I had watching Sean Burgoyne smother that Guerra one. But so that that prelim was just right. a classic. But then we look at um, 07 and we won't just even touch the grand final, but, you know, we smashed the kangaroos in that prelim. and Kangaroos, yeah. yeah and uh, so, but, I you know, you can look at that and go, well, that 07 didn't go well, so maybe we should have a closer one. But all these things are just, they're just things that happen. It's not like, it's not like yeah. it's a quality uh, thing that can dictate how it's going to go we could smash yeah whether, the next week yeah. yeah we could smash the bulldogs and then win the grand final we could smash the bulldogs or and then lose the next week knock on wood it won't happen but it does none of those things none of those omens from the past really matter because it's all about how you prepare for the day and you know we're gonna have a two-week break before the grand final anyway but yeah saying, be saying all that 
I do hope that we smash him because I don't want to. <laughs> I, <don't, laughs> I think that's my short. The short. The short of it is that I want. Don't want to be having squeaky bum time in the grant in the five hundred level is where I've ended up with my tickets. Oh man! So you know, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm also in the five hundred too. I'm in day five thirty two. Yeah, so. I think I'm. Yeah, I don't know. It's somewhere it's five four two or something. I don't know. Somewhere up yeah. there that it's going to take. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's it. Yeah, the ticket buying process was yeah. a it was a it was a shit show again, but we got in. So um, yeah, well, my old man, um, he because with poor, I don't know if like Adelaide does it or anything like that generally with this COVID era, but yeah, I know Port Adelaide with with family members. If you've all got you know similar memberships, you can group yeah each other together and set up for us. So he's the one that gets on mm-hmm. when tickets go live and. <laughs> suffers if we don't get them and yeah, yeah. Uh, but he got through and got us the four tickets which is great yeah again the more people you have sometimes the harder it can be to get them together so it's a good effort yeah that's what i said the first time for the qualifying final because we missed out on the first um the first go and then luckily enough a friend of mine invited me to a corporate box as you know uh and yeah. then yeah who knows like it may have made night. it easy <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely a good night yeah it was like because you would probably since starting a podcast you definitely watch football maybe a little bit differently i've always kind of looked at football analytically and being up in the eastern stand where i usually sit up on the third tier you can see you have a good vantage point of the ground so i generally always kind of look at the game with an analytical focus and structure and things like that but yeah when you're um when you close the ground level and you're yeah six, seven, eight beers deep. It's a bit harder to <laughs> concentrate. But as well as that, the game was just so amazing. It was... Yeah. Uh, well, not exactly pub. It's, it's similar. Yeah, I mean, close enough. It was a fantastic spectacle. And a total surprise to, I think, the 25 or 20,000 people that got to go. Yeah, that's what I think it was for us too. It was like, I just didn't expect a a win um, as comfortable as that, and that's I'd really be hoping for the same this weekend. But um, I guess uh, mm. speaking of, um, you know, starting to talk about analytical things, not to get deep or anything, but um, I guess where are you thinking the game's won and lost this, you know, what, well, not, we we'll just won't say lost. Where's the game going to be won for us this week? Um, you know, because we look at look at the um, Bulldogs and see Bon and Pelly's yes, no, maybe, I don't know. Can you repeat the question? Oh, and hasn't the language been interesting from the Bulldogs? I've listened to some of their teammates talking, uh, some of his teammates talking mm-hmm. about him, and they're, they're really towing that there's no structural damage line. And I don't know if I'm you're reading too much into it, but they're not. Yeah, it's a very robotic, which yeah. tells me that he's, he's quite sore. But they're folk. They're focusing on the fact that there's no structural damage, and uh, maybe I'm being hopeful. But I definitely think he's going in sore, and it's a pretty easy thing to say. But it's definitely going to be one in the midfield, like any game of football mm. is. Uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see how their ruck setup turns yeah. out because both times we've played them, it's been different on both sides. Uh, with the first time we played them at Adelaide Oval with, I think it was Jordan Sweet. Yeah. Up against Peter Adams. Yeah. There was no Lyset, no no English in that one, was there? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, English was out with injury and Lyset was obviously out with his um, suspension. Mm-hmm. And then the last round of the year um, was different to that first game, but it'll be much more similar to Saturday night. So, 
Uh, it'll be interesting. I, I, I still think that um, with an underdone Bontempelli, with an informed Willem Drew, who's just burst onto the scene as this amazing, accountable, tagging player, it, it, taking out his source, it's, it's pretty much now with Willem Drew and the coach. Whoever the opposition's best clearance player is, send him to them because yeah. it, it'll just cut off their supply and let everyone else shoulder the burden. So um, it's it, it's really interesting as well because like with Richmond in their successful period, they generally they generally actually lost games to better uh, like good opposition in the home and away season, but mm-hmm. did their homework and made sure that they beat them when it mattered in finals. Um, we've had the two goes at the Bulldogs now. We we haven't left the loss on the table. Uh, during the home and away season, we've already got them back. So um, it, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see if much changes or if they just kind of try and win the game on both sides, doing the same thing as they kind of tried in round 23. And, and I mean, if it is a similar way to round 23, I just hope we kick straight because quite realistically, we dominated them for three and a half quarters. They did kick a few goals early, but we were, Applied with some behinds that were pretty straightforward mm-hmm. set shots. Um, one or two of those goes in, and it, you know the quarter, and they don't look like they're running on top of us as much as they they it seemingly were. Um, so all, all around the ground, I think we're more balanced. I think, and I generally look at especially the top teams at the moment, now that we're in the final four of the, the season, uh, whose bottom end are better? Because they generally say all the good players kind of cancel each other out at the top. And yeah. it's, your, it's your bottom third, you know, six to eight players that kind of swing. And um, absolutely, I think with Cody Waitman going out, uh, doesn't help them. Uh, it brings, uh, yeah, their, you know, 28th, 29th, 30th best player on their list in. Mm. Um, and I, I just feel that our bottom six are probably the strongest bottom six out of any of the teams in the preliminary finals when you can, I can't, I mean, I can't really make a bottom six, to be honest. I did think it was interesting that they interviewed Marshall, Bonner and Bergman in particular last mm. week um, it, on the Port Adelaide website. Uh, I'll probably say they're three of our bottom six players, um, yeah. if you're looking at it objectively. But even them, they all they all bring their their qualities, which I think are valuable. I'm mean, changing, and I don't really want it to change from the qualifying final. Um, but apart from that, it's a pretty hard task to bundle in the other three to. Yeah, five players that would make up that bottom six to eight. So I just feel, I just feel we're strong from our first player to our twenty second player, or yeah, even twenty third with Medi sub yeah, going when, in. When you consider Sam Palpepper impact in the qualifying final, and then Sam Mays throughout the year, you just you think about the yeah. the, the caliber of player that. Um, I mean, we look at the uh, the the um, Sandville result from uh, last weekend where we um, ended Glenelg, yeah. ended Glenelg's tilt at trying to match our record. So once again, um, enjoying just making Glenelg this little brother of the city. So, um, but yeah, yeah it's uh, you you look at the quality of players that are running around there. You got Hamish Hartlett and 
you know, Lockie Jones, who we thought would probably have more of it, and he, he's just been unlucky with his injuries this year, and the, the, side, the side has settled while he's been out with injury. But, um, yeah, Jones, Pal Pepper, and all the other guys that are running around there, and um, he, he just makes you realise how strong, um, and that's what's happened with, yeah. you know, and all those guys played their role when we had some injuries this year and kept got us into the position to finish second. And Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah. It really, um, it really pushes... for the abdication of life for the players that have contributed throughout the home and away season. I don't know how I feel about it, but those players definitely put a good case forward because uh, I think we could all think back to that St Kilda game where we thought we were probably really up against it. And it's probably, I think it's the only time I've tipped against Port all year coming off of that Melbourne loss, uh, going in with no small forward line. And then the players, like you mentioned, like with Mays and Woodcock and Frederick, mm-hmm. uh, all chipping in and just doing that bit, uh, that whole squad mentality. And thinking back to those years where we weren't quite up to it, it was almost like we needed our best 22. Now I feel that, and they've definitely screwed the squad mentality um, a lot. Like they've really made a focus of it and it's producing results. I mean, yeah, those players have been coming in and contributing quite well. Yeah, yeah, and that's what that's what I, I loved it. I mean, earlier in the year they were talking about um, having like training a dual role kind of thing. Like every player was taking a yeah. second role in training in preseason to try and like I like I liken it to like being a a soccer fan, um, liken it to you know the total football of the Dutch teams in the seventies, and you know just the players that could yeah. play every role in the field, and that like you know that didn't work for them in the sense that that's because they had too much hubris about it. But um, in, in essence, it does create a more free-flowing and a team that's more confident when, when thing, the chips start to go against you, like injuries and players having to play different roles. If they've already done some work in different things, um, then, it, then it helps them, you know, it helps move, make the squad more um, fluid in the sense of, you know, fluid, like, yeah. you know Bergman's, Bergman's played, you know, at times this year, it seems like he's playing at, at both ends of the field because he has that ability to get a gut run from one end to the other sometimes. Every position, yeah. And, you know, you've even seen guys like Marshall run back and suddenly become like the um, the third defender up and trying to make sure that, the, you know, the ball comes to ground and rather than the um, opposition take a mark. Those kind of things have been happening all year that we've just... And sometimes you don't realise it in the time. It's only watching the replays that I've noticed, but... Yeah. It's just, you just see that these guys are just so much more confident in playing different roles at it in different parts of it, different aspects of the game, even within game when things are going fine and all our injuries are okay and you know, last last time out against Geelong, you could see the fruit fruits of that labour in the sense of just how confident everyone was in every aspect of the game. And I think that's all this work that's been done this year. And that's credit, you know, I've criticised Hink- Hinkley plenty and I, I will continue to do it when I feel the need to. But I'll also, as, you know, as more fans probably need to do, is also give him credit when it goes well because he's that game against Geelong recently was just the fruits of all that labour, all that hard work, all the, you know, inconsistencies in our game have, came in you know were trying to get to this point of playing that kind of footy and i just yep. that performance has given me the confidence to see that yeah okay yeah there was a plan there and it's all come together and if we go into the same lineup as i think you said before it's hard to change it really um we see some yeah of i don't see it changing yeah, um then there's just that's pretty the unlucky for a guy like georgiatis who i think has been an amazing contributor for this whole season but yeah I, it's, it sucks it, you, you just can't see you can't drop anyone from that side to bring Georgia. No. In. 
And uh, yeah, I mean, I look at I look at how well the small forwards worked in the game. As long as Arazio is genuinely good to go and he's in the same in the same feeling as comfortable as he did in that qualifying final, you can just see the balance working with the likes of Dixon and Marshall and then Laddams as the second ruck. Like so, there's the three tools as well as Lysett. You know, sometimes having to rest down forward because he can certainly mark and kick a goal when required. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then the likes of you know Arazio and Motlop and that bouncing around. Just how. Um, how well everyone worked together in that sense because it was Marshall sometimes putting a tackle on to get the ball out to Robbie Gray who then kicked the goal or the, you know Dixon. I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah, the food where like um, Marshall definitely had a hand in with his pressure. Yeah, uh, definitely that um, Motlop got that that first goal. Um, I rewatched the first half the other day and he put on an, an equally good tackle up on the half forward flank on the other side. Mm. Uh, early in that first quarter too. Um, I'm not sure if that resulted in a score or not, but it just kind of signaled his intent, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, and it, it, that game as a whole, uh, like you said, it, it's like all this, all this preparation has kind of come to a head and it all clicked and we, we put it all on show. But for me, it, it doesn't feel like it was our grand final. Mm. Like I watched, I watched the Brisbane and Bulldogs game uh, on Saturday, and then you could say like the Sydney GWS game in the first week. GWS probably played their grand week, and it, watching that semi-final on Saturday, it's almost whoever, which way, whichever way it, it was going to go, and it went the Bulldogs' way in the end. It it, it kind of felt to me that that they may have been playing their grand final that day. Mm-hmm. Preliminary finals are hard, and anything can happen, uh, but. In in terms of our game, yeah, I feel that uh, qualifying final was our best game, our most dominant win in recent memory uh, for years. Yeah. But I still think that we've still got another one or two of those in us and maybe even another level to go to again. Yeah, yeah, and I absolutely agree because there was moments in that game you could just see we were playing a little bit of... Um... I don't know if it's like, and chicken's not the right word, but just in that third quarter, you could just see we were kind of, uh, kind of like a boxing match. We were taking the punches at times from, and it's not like our pressure dropped or anything like that. We were just, we were just kind of, you could no. see that Geelong brought their pressure up to match ours because of just how intense and amazing yep. our pressure was in the night. And we just kind of just stayed with them, let them throw their punches. And then, you know, the, the score didn't get any worse at three quarter time. And then we just said, all right, we'll just play this one out. And we ended up extending the, the margin slightly by the end of the game, so it just felt like that we we still didn't have to put um, maximum. Even though it was a good, it was a perfect four quarter effort, it felt like we still didn't have to actually exert maximum effort in that third, like, you know, like in those third quarters. We just had to match with no, them. when they just, when they tried to run with us, yeah. and we and we showed that they can't actually run with us if we're playing our best footy, which was probably daunting for Geelong to realise after that game because if they go back and watch that, yeah. they just look at a team that just doesn't. <laughs> And, and I'm old men. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to get like ageist on them, but it is. It is just a thing. No. You just see, there's just like you know, <laughs> Selwood. Selwood was like, you know, I've played this many finals, and you mentioned it's like, and then this young up start, Willem Drews coming in and just taking my fire, like you know, things like that going. Yeah, on. Just, made him look second rate. Yeah, it's amazing. I, was, I couldn't believe going through the stats and trying to find where how far down Selwood was for um, disposals. Just purely, yeah, yeah. He just didn't have an impact and. Dangerfield did what he does and butchered half, like over half of his kicks and yeah, know, which just... is something that Ollie Wines was definitely kind of following in that same kind of 
yeah. footpath as Dangerfield, like really bullocking player, crashing through contests and burning the ball forward. But I feel that uh, he's added a calmer element to his disposal. He's much more measured. Yeah, I think he still has those games in him where he does kick 56 to 60% disposal efficiency. But more often than not, I see him getting the ball. And that kick to Peter Laddams in the first quarter mm. kind of typified it for me. You didn't see that from Ollie Wines even a couple of years ago. Um, I feel over the last two seasons, it's really something that he's evolved and his his disposal, especially going forward, has really um, really improved and may even set him apart from Dangerfield when all is said and done and hopefully has a premiership under his belt. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's definitely something that even just... You look back at that GWS game when um, Himmelberg was lining up and goal, and it's just like, da- uh, well, I was almost going to say Dangerfield. How dare I besmirch Ollie Wine's name <laughs> like that by mis- yeah. <laughs> mixing him up? But yeah, um, Ollie's, yeah. Ollie's, uh, Ollie's just uh, awareness and switched onness. That's not that's not the right yeah. term. But you know what I mean? He's just so sw- he's just so <laughs> switched on in every minute of every game at the moment. It's just like he's I don't know what he's done if he's taken that like pill from that that shitty movie Limitless or whatever it was. He's just like, oh, right. just, yeah, just Bradley so, Cooper. Yeah, he's so he's so like so much more switched on than he has been. Like you know, probably last year we were starting to see it, and then with the full preseason, he's just every aspect of yeah. the game, whether it be like you said, his disposal efficiency is improving because um, he was getting to that you know having that kind of reputation a little bit, and that you know players of his ilk that are getting a lot of the ball, gathering a lot of the ball, and and tasked with getting the ball forward in a way that um you know is breaking the line. Yeah, a bit. it's it's going to be part of that game, but. You know, when you're as switched on as Wine seems to be at the moment, he is he is able to get his eyes down and find the targets more than he used to be, and it's just it just seems like he's just in yeah. every aspect of the game. And that that tackle on Himmelberg when he was had, was not realizing what time was left was just it typified how in every moment of the game, no matter what what kind of role he's tasked with, whether it is tackling a guy that's lining up on goal or or you know just getting the ball out of all ball out of the contest, he just seems just absolutely switched on, and that's. Yeah, that bodes well and he can be accountable week. himself. Yeah, yeah, and, and he showed a few times this season that um, uh, he can lock someone down and and kind of take a back seat. Mm-hmm. Not not that he's done that for the most part; it hasn't been his role a lot. But yeah, it, it it again shows that a that he's willing to do the team thing. I expect, um, but b he's capable of doing it, uh, being accountable and and really locking down on something. Him with Travis Boke, the last time he played the Bulldogs, they really taught Bontepelli a football lesson. They 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 took him to the cleaners. They weren't necessarily hyper accountable like a Willem Drew is, but just completely blanketed him when they were matched up on him and and Ollie in particular, um, just running all over the ground. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see. It's, I mean, we started talking about it before, and I'll. Get- kind of roll back to it is that it would be interesting to see if they do roll with Bontempelli this week because part of me hopes they do because I think they'd actually probably be a better side if but if he is not up to it um, and his knee is crook and he's not going to be able to have the impact he does they'd probably be a bit better side just better serve just actually saying look if you can, if you can't do what we need you to do it as the Bontempelli that has been you know the 2021 version of him at his best if you can't do that they'd probably be better served having someone fit in there rather than Risking, um, you might be a liability. Yeah, and uh, it's not. To, I it probably you know someone listening to this without the context of it will go. How could you say that about Bonapelli? But um, it's it is the fact that if he's not able to do what he does, and he's and he's restricted and he gets frustrated or in any way, and he probably 
he might take the you know the, the jab and and be okay and get and be able to get through the game and have a pretty good impact even if it is I don't know rolling across half forward a bit more rather than you know yeah but, that's an option for them yeah it was like Pendlebury played with it was it a broken did he have a finger issue and, and they realized you know there was some stat that he didn't really attend any center like he was a few weeks back Pendlebury. in the season I can't remember yet yeah right and so they were still playing and it took a few weeks for people to realize that he wasn't wasn't um, going to the centre bounces as much or something like that, and, and they realised there was some small finger injury, but he was still having an impact, so they worked a way around it. But with with so so much yeah, hype, as they do, yeah, with so much high profile new like media about Bonapelli this week, it makes me wonder if if it is worth and whether they're just trying to play. Maybe they already know that he's not going to play, and they're just trying to play the media game with Port in, in with a preparation sense. But yeah, it does this make, week is always a bit of yeah. yeah. Um, so that's what I, yeah. I'm Ducks wondering. Do I would yeah, Ducks and Drakes is always a good one to throw out there. Um, <laughs> I I wonder if I would probably almost prefer an underdone Bonampelli in the side rather than then yeah. It's like I'm actually thinking Waitman's the bigger loss for as far as what we're going to deal with because I think um, their midfield's actually pretty sta- pretty stacked anyway. So Bonampelli out, you've still yeah. got you've still got some great midfielders in there to to play the role, and it'll probably almost be a, a there'd probably be a bit of a fire under the arse of some of them to say, well, they don't believe we can win without that guy. Like, as good as he is, let's let's do it for Bonham. Yeah. And, you know, whereas, I, you know, underdone Pontempelli with a bit of a knee issue, get Chad Corns to run past and do the Jonathan Brown like, with the tap on the knee <laughs> or something. And, and Give just, him a knock on yeah. the knee. Yeah, just test it out. Yeah, and just, I, I and this is just the, the inside of my brain all week is trying to work out what I'd prefer, but it's just, it's an interesting one to consider with, there's so much. It's going to be the talk of the game right up until we know if he's playing or not. Is is he playing? And we're recording this on a Wednesday, and we yeah. just we aren't none the wiser. But I'd I'd genuinely be worried about it. Uh, more worried, I think, if because it just adds that element of unknown to Port's plan. If Bonapelli's suddenly out of there and they're bringing someone fresh yeah. in, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they. And I I fully trust in our side with how they're playing at the moment. And the you know, you mentioned in your review, you know, Robbie Gray going to the centre bounces and 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 adding some good, good kind of balance to you know the, the you know he's got he's got the nous and the and the skills and the and the movement to and then yeah, boats it's that the freakish boat. yeah, it's just the way he holds you know he can grab yeah. the ball, hold it above his head and flick that one over the top. I'm doing that so you can see it. But then I'm on a podcast. No one's going to be able to see me. <laughs> yeah. See me doing the Robbie Gray handball. No, he's but, putting his hands above his yeah. head. Everyone <laughs> listening. But, you know, yeah, yeah, you, meant, you know, I think we'll be fine either way. But it, it is an interesting side story for um, more the Bulldogs. Really, is how they're going to do it because I don't know if I was on that side. If I was, you know, if it was a port, if we were talking about one of our players with that kind of, you know, you talked about the wording of how they're talking about it. It doesn't sound like they're very confident about it's what's going on. No, nah, they're towing so. the line. For sure. So if it was in our boat, I'd almost sit, sit there and say, "Look, get don't don't risk it. Get someone fresh in, rather, and then have you know a good and have the good medical, you know, because you otherwise you might burn your medical sub in the first first uh, first quarter if the knee just you know falls apart on him. Like yeah, first quarter. Sorry, I missed that. Yeah, yeah. A good comparison that um, I know Jared Waitley has been making is Dustin Martin in the 2018 preliminary final how there was some doubt over him and I think his knee, if I'm remembering correctly, and they went through with him. But like Jared said, you knew in the first five minutes that Dusty was well underdone and definitely gave Collingwood a bit more of an advantage. So you do run the risk. And um, I think it was Dan Houston, his press conference said, you know, we prepare to play him at, at 100%. So 
whoever is there, Bontempelli or, or otherwise, like you mentioned their midfield depth, um, they'll probably put a Trelaw back in there and just shuffle the pieces around. Um, uh, yeah, we'd still attack them with the same vigour and tenacity that we did as like against Geelong. Um, you mentioned Waitman as well. Um, he's definitely like at least a couple of goals mm. for them. Um, in the last round when we played them, I think he had two shots on goal and also had two direct goal assists. So, And then when you take it, yeah, Josh Bruce, who's their leading goal kicker for the season, it, it does put a lot of pressure on everyone else. And Aaron Norton has showed with that now that he is the sole tool, I guess, or recognised tool and a goal kicker, that he's getting a lot more attention. And he's no Charlie Dixon who can absorb all that attention or has been forced to get used to uh, yeah. a lot of and attention. And find um, free kicks out of it. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah they've lost a bit of firepower um, with our defence coming into some good form uh, yeah, they, they should be able to cover it fairly well I, I think um, yeah uh, like yeah just trying to picture it how it's going to go play by play but we're definitely in the box seat like everyone everyone has kind of said on radio. I mean, it is a bit nice to be getting some sort of recognition now after six months of football mm-hmm. <laughs> where we where we were left languishing, being ignored the whole time and, you know, false force in the words of Ben Dixon um, during the season and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. It is good to be looked at in that light. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's going to take a monumental effort for them to put on a a decent score around to a crappy level like like the Adelaide Crows did in that second showdown. Mm. Um, their best avenue to a win was to just drag us right down. And, and they, they applied pressure for the four quarters. The Crows, mm. like, they had their home ground on their back. They played their grand final that day. Um, so that would have filled them with extra motivation. But, yeah, they, they tried to bring us down to their level and it nearly worked for them. So that may be a tactic that the Bulldogs employ this week as opposed to try and run and gun and outscore us like they did the last two times we played them um, with the yeah with an injury list a little bit longer or some more important players either underdone or out for them. Um, yeah, don't be surprised if it's a dog fight um, to use a pun yeah. playing the dogs. Yeah, and that's I guess that's a thing with... Um the Bulldogs and a consideration on their side is do they want to go go to that level because, you know, they've, they've played a style of footy this year that's been successful when they've had the players. So if they want to drag it down into the trenches, um, that's a, yeah, it's certainly an option, but then it's it, it goes against what they, they've been doing at good times this year with, uh, you know, using that midfield run to get through and score, but then they don't have the targets. So like you said, it might be that they need to compromise in some senses of the game to, restrict our movement and scoring to be able to give themselves a shot but then that might also compromise their own uh, strengths mm. in their side or what they've got left as strengths anyway with um the the, the injury questions um but you know that's that's something that we've been uh, had to contend with at times you know the crows match was a perfect tune-up for that kind of style of footy because we had to 
and we certainly didn't bring our best early in that game either. So that we can't. It's almost like we weren't quite ready for that level of. No, we that. wanted a week off. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, but you know, we learned a lot from that game of how to grind out a win. So I think, and that's what's given me confidence is that we've had some different kind of games in the last few weeks. We had that Crows game, which was an absolute dogfight. We had that Carlton game where we started off slow, but then just hit the ground running and never stopped for the rest of that game. And then we um, had a bit of a, had to learn how to win. You know, that Bulldogs game, we should have won by a lot more, but we, we had to Absolutely. had to grind it out because we didn't kick straight enough early. And so that was a different kind of win again. And then we go into the qualifying final against Geelong and, put it all together so there's been a lot of different kind of wins in our last few weeks uh, yeah last two months really with the little winning streak we've put on since that melbourne game so there's a lot to be able to take from all those different games for the coaches to go all right if, if the game ends up in this situation we've done this before if it if it's going this way we've done that before like there's not too many scenarios that we haven't had to deal with at times in this year and certainly in the last couple of months and again, that fills me with the confidence that scares me, but also I'm, I'm enjoying it because it is a good position to be in, to be confident in a port team because we've had reasons to doubt them over the years, over the journey um, with some inconsistencies yeah. and, and different things. But, you know, there is something different about the sports side, which is really exciting for me. And I'm sure you, know, you certainly seem to be feeling that similar similar kind of newfound optimism and, and belief in a side that... And they've given us plenty of reasons to um, believe in them as well. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, over the last two years, we've been the most consistent team when you when you put it all out there. What is it? I think it's 32 and 8 win-loss yeah. the last two seasons. So, like I... Um, yeah, and as Port supporters, we, we've had our, our days in the gutter. Like I, I got my first membership in 08 my first port membership in 09 because i was an Andy stadium member for the first year mm-hmm. um and then yeah it was me- mediocrity and and obviously 11 and 12, the resurgence and then to come back to mediocrity like yeah it, it, it it's time it's time and it would be amazing you know um i mentioned in my my pilot episode uh that it was on the eve of Travis Stokes' 300th game. Like I've, I've went, I was going to the footy really for the, like, um, like my first year going to the footy semi-regularly was in 07. So Travis Stokes' career, and I guess you could say Robbie Gray's as kind of, that's like it's bookended my, my yeah. high, high interest in football. Um, and it would just be amazing. It would just be amazing for them too, in particular, like we have spoken about privately, just just to put that tick next to their name and really elevate them into that AFL great conversation, and just let them let them retire when that may be, um, with that with that credit to their name. Yeah, especially both as um, um, take yeah, an amazing achievement. Yeah, and it's both as blokes that came over from Victoria, like in the same draft, you know. They've talked. Um, yeah. They've talked humorously in their vi- inter- uh, videos when they've been doing, you know, commemorative things for both both of their guys' um, milestone games that they you know barely talk to each other on the plane because they they played against each other recently in the yeah in the 18s or whatever you know Geelong the versus, yeah uh, yeah I can't remember but yeah <laughs> Oakley Chargers yeah, I think was that Robbie yeah yeah so you know they've but they've come together and you you see them walking off the field after some of the wins this year arm in arm and just just smiles in their faces and just. And that's like Port Adelaide is a club that's defined by guys coming from all over. You know, there's plenty of guys that have come from the Lefebvre 
Peninsula and come into the side, you know, from local boys. But then yeah. there's so many players that have come from all over the, the state and there's indeed the country that have come in and made Port Adelaide their home and, and been defined by their experience at Port Adelaide and become Port Adelaide lifers. So um, it'll be wonderful for them to be a part of that story. And yeah, we've certainly got this week to get through, um, but this week's a part of that journey. And um, yeah. yeah, I'm feeling really... I said it scares me, but I'm feeling really confident. I think we can. I think I don't know if I. I feel like we've got it in us to win by a sim, like have a similar style game to that. I think the Bulldogs might be a bit leggy by the second half. You know. Yeah, they, that's they, it. They, yeah, they, yeah, they, they have played a tough yeah. couple of weeks. Really, that that second half against Essendon, Essendon's probably the only time we've been comfortable in the last three weeks. Because if you go back, yeah, to and it was still a slog because it yeah. was still wet weather football. That's true. Um, yeah. So they've had two rough weeks of finals football. Yeah, I mean, if if we're there about, even if we're, yeah, even if, because they have had that consistent run of, of two weeks of football and we've had a, a week off, if we start slightly off, mm-hmm. um, yeah, even if we're there about at halftime, I'd still trust us to, to finish well because we have finished a lot of games recently fairly well. Um, yeah, and everyone just seems fresh. And they might run out of steam because I do expect them to throw a bit at us early. I'd be dis- well, not disappointed. I'd be surprised if they didn't mm. throw everything at us early and and try and gain the upper hand. Um, so it's something that we've got to be prepared for. Because um, yeah. I think that's a tactic they used back in that first game at Adelaide Oval was they basically yep. came out to win it to put the pressure on us early and see if we can run with them. And we, and we just, and we did get back into it and we didn't quite, um, you know, just, it didn't quite end up. And as Waitman was certainly a part of that with the overhead goal. So yeah, I just think that even if, uh, like I said, yeah. if we're thereabouts, I think we'll be, um, we'll be there. We'll, we'll get the job done. Yeah. I think it, it, at halftime, even if we, <laughs> knock on wood, we won't be, but halftime, if, if we're down by a few goals, I still think we've got it in us to run over the top. But I think, I think we'll be able to, Run with run with them early and then run over the top in the second half and win by you yeah thirty odd points I reckon is just a comfortable win I think we'll just we're definitely capable yeah yeah so what would you what um, go I'll, I'll better per quarter plus one quarter with two goals better yeah. so I definitely think we're capable of that yeah so um, score prediction then how well winning margin prediction I've gone thirty <laughs> yeah yeah you're really going out there <laughs> um. Uh, I'm probably not that confident. Um, I'll probably I'll stick to a safe three goal margin. Yeah. Um, I feel that one quarter definitely has the likelihood to be an absolute scrap. And it, I definitely think over three out of the four quarters we can at least be a goal better side. So yeah, um, a nice rounded three goal margin for me. Uh, we'll do quite nicely. A nice, nice buffer and nothing to keep the heart going over time. Um, coming into the final yeah. stages of the last quarter, hopefully. I think that's probably it. It's when we look at the clock with 25 minutes on it um, at Adelaide Oval on Saturday night. You know, 25 minutes gone in the fourth quarter. If we're looking up there and seeing at least like your 18 point margin or something thereabouts, at least we'll feel we won't. It won't be that you know ass puckering thing of like being five points up in this every kick <laughs> yeah. being you know so that's what I'm that's what they've spoken about this this year you know they they took a lot Zach Butters was on the radio saying that that preliminary final loss things were close they panicked they lost their composure and they've definitely practiced 
yeah, those yeah. scenarios, and and it's shown this year because, as we all know now, with the statistics, we've won the close games uh, by under under two goals. Um, yeah, just having that experience. They say you got to lose one to win one. So yeah. we we lost last preliminary. It's pretty much the same team, albeit a couple of changes. Uh, and that yeah, they'll they'll know that if it's if we're in a good position late that. We, we they'll just recount on all that experience and, and we'll we'll yeah we'll be better for it yeah and more equipped to to outlast any final charges that they'll try and throw at us yeah which will get ourselves certain, into the position yeah, so. and that'll, that'll certainly come but um i think I, i'm just so comfortable with this side and i'm so pleased with how they've come together at, um to this point of the season after it's been a tough slog of a season but they got themselves in a second and then got the qualifying final win and in incredible fashion, they've just built to this perfect, you know, Ken Hinckley said it's all about building a season to get to the finals, and he's it's, yeah. uh, to this point, it's been done perfectly. So, um, I've got to wrap it up because my wife is texting me saying I need to pick her up from training. But, um, <laughs> massive, no, that's okay. I've got to head off soon anyway, yeah. so that works out perfectly. I massively appreciate you coming on. We'll have to do this a bit more often. Um, um, yeah, do enjoy chatting to you, and it's been uh, fun getting I'm glad you stopped us in oh, the in It the sounds car, like my the... partners. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like my partner's trying to cook and uh, the smoke alarm is going you, off. I don't know if that's is, coming through. <laughs> is, that, is that just the Jamie Oliver alarm to get him in the kitchen again? <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe she wants me to help out. Yeah, right. she's to open a few windows. But All right, yeah, well, nah. massive appreciation for you coming on. And um, yeah, hopefully we're celebrating and, um, we, and we can do this again in a couple of weeks um, leading into a grand final. Knock on wood for the last time of the, in this little podcast. But yeah, 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 we'll be knocking on wood all the way to Saturday night. That's yeah. for sure. No worries. Yeah, thanks for having me on. No uh, I appreciate you having me on just as equally. Yeah, no worries. Cheers, mate. And um, we'll uh, yeah, come the pair and hope, fucking hope. Just we'll be we'll be fine. We're going to be talking in a couple of weeks again, previewing grand final, manifest it into existence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Push out the positive energy. Let's yeah, push it into existence. Absolutely. All righty. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Thank you.